Coxie's having a yarn Cause he's got nothing better to do Coxie's having a yarn And one day he might have one with you Hi, welcome back to Have a Yarn With Me. I just forgot my own podcast title. Uh, with your host, Aaron Gox. And we have a very special guest here today, musician Luke Peacock. Welcome, Luke. How you going, Goxie? Oh, I'm good, mate. Um, thanks thanks for having me. Oh, it's a pleasure. Thanks. This is, I want to say this is the, the best um, location I've recorded so far because... Some previous guests uh, had one in a McDonald's, Annalie, <laughs> had another one in my car. Oh, wow. um, uh, yesterday, I did one in a... Actually, it was all right, but it was a, a library meeting room. But yeah, this is a... I'm in your home studio. So yeah, thanks for having me here. Oh, how how you doing? Good. Really good, man. Yeah, yeah. Awesome. Yeah, thanks good. for coming. I've been trying to get you on for a while, but um, finally uh, trapped you down. That sounds bad. <laughs> uh, <laughs> I didn't put you... In, I didn't uh, put you in a physical travel. <laughs> it's like... <laughs> It's like the, I got a very cartoony thoughts in my head. I'm picturing these um like a hole in the ground and some leaves covering it up. <laughs> Booby trap is that a good yeah, term? Yeah, yeah, you got me. You don't see that anymore. It's it's like quicksand. Remember quicksand? Yeah, yeah. It? what Growing happened up? to quicksand? Yeah, just not enough quicksand these days. No. Um. Yeah. Well, as we do on this pod, we we get to know the guests. So how about we uh dive right in? Um, let's let's go back. Uh. Where where's your where's your roots and where you started from? Oh, my my roots are, are deep. Um, I started here at the at the RBH, the Royal Brisbane Hospital. Um, oh yeah, you, so we're we're um we're we're close but opposite sides of the river. I'm I'm a martyr boy. Yeah right. Yeah yeah yeah. <laughs> You're well, the n- north side scum. Yeah, nah, yeah. just kidding. <laughs> <laughs> no, no, i will never. Brisbane's no. got a weird um. It's it's not like intense or anything, eh? But the the north south is like oh, dude, it's so funny. It's, it's so like, funny. I'm, my girlfriend's from the south side, <laughs> and it's just like this standoff if, yeah. if it comes to moving in together. It's it's not quite uh, like Glasgow, Scotland. Like no, you don't want to no. be in the wrong part of town. No, just like, and, and it's funny because like they're not really that different, but it'll be like. What are you guys doing up here on the north side? Your streets are weird, and <laughs> yeah, all these hills and shit. Yeah, <laughs> um, but the, uh, the the stupid thing is, is the the river's so windy that you know my yeah, my girlfriend I, my girlfriend's probably technically more north than me. <laughs> yeah, well, I get confused sometimes. Like, um, you can be in a place like Belimba or something, and kind of like just for a moment, like, what side am I on? You know, like <laughs> yeah, exactly. Yeah. yeah. Um, Oh yeah, so Brizzy born and bred. I've never left. I mean, I have, but I've never, I've never shifted base like permanently. Mm. I've, I've done stints here and there, but I've always come back to Brisbane. Mm. Um, I love it. I, um, I, you know, I, I think when I was younger, I got sick of it a lot more. Yeah. Um, so it was always good to. It was a good place to get away from, but it was always such a good place to return to. I feel. I think that's very normal. I I had that sort of um, you know, thinking like Melbourne's cooler and stuff, and like, and then you get you grow out of that where it's like, nah. <laughs> yeah, 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 yeah. Exactly. Um, yeah. As soon as you get you get a bit older, and you're like, oh, this is pretty good. Yeah. Um. Yeah. So I mean, th- there's not much more of of you know. I I guess prior to me, if you want to like follow my roots, um. It's funny you mentioned Glasgow. My my mother's side are, are, are Glaswegians. My um, grandfather came out here 
I don't know, probably 50s. Do you reckon that plays a part in the music? Because you've got like Barnsley and um, the Men at Work, Colin Hay. Yeah, um, yeah. There's heaps actually, but those are a couple that come to mind. Yeah. But um, but the craziest thing is, is I look at all my favourite bands and it's like Teenage Fan Club. Yeah. Jesus and Mary Chain, Primal Scream, The Water Boys. I love a I love a thick northern accent. Cocteau right? Twins, like just like yeah, crazy amount. How good's a thick northern accent? Yeah, yeah. Have you like heard even of like this? churches? You yeah. know, like just this crazy amount of of my favorite bands come from that area. Have you heard this band, um, Glass Vegas? No. Oh, I'll have to show you them. There's like, because a lot of bands, um, when the singer talks, it'll be thicker than. The singing voice. Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. Obviously, but this this is one where it's like, and it's in the name, but it's like really comes through the like the accent. <laughs> yeah, yeah, absolutely. <laughs> um, but that's kind of all I have really having. I've never been to Gla- to Scotland actually. Um, I my father's side of my family is is Indigenous Torres Strait Islander, so I, I'm a lot more connected and a lot more of my my story and my yeah my kind of being um and my identity is is around that just because because my you know all that family's very close that history is a lot more closer yeah my, my nana was born on a place called arab which is down the island in the north west, uh, northeast sorry um which is kind of part of of kind of the merriam people the merriam Mer language group um and had slowly kind of moved and started a family and kind of, I mean she moved around the islands a bit was lived on Hammond Island and and Thursday Island and then came down to um Mariba to start a family and like the Atherton Tablelands there and I've still got heaps of mob yeah. up around like um Cougar Beach and Mossman and stuff all the kooky allergy mob have kind of we've been kind of married into that mob up there and yeah. The family kind of slowly all came down to Brisbane and there's a lot of history in Redcliffe. So I did a lot of, you know, hanging out with the cousins in Redcliffe um, growing up. And then, yeah, so yeah, my dad and my, my mum. Do you find, because Queensland's a massive place. Yeah. Do you find um, much differences in, in the, the cultures of the, like, the Redcliffe people being a bit... Oh yeah, different yeah. to the North Queensland and yeah, <laughs> it's wild. It's just like, like I get, I get the whole like Bob Catter argument and stuff about like <laughs> why is this one state? Why are we governed under the same yeah. rules as Brisbane City? Like it's it's a absolute. I thought you were going to talk about seceding. <laughs> yeah, because yeah. like last time I went up North Queensland, there's these billboards saying like. Let's let's secede and stuff. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Make a new state. Well, I get it, but it is. I mean, I'm not, I don't mean, I'm, you know, yeah. I I don't really have an opinion on it, but <laughs> I get I get it. Yeah, because you go up there and it's like how, how particularly when you get right up to like the islands yeah. and these communities, it's like this. How how can these people live under the same rules as? Well, I also uh, get the know. whole like feeling alienated about these decisions being made two thousand kilometers away. Yeah, you yeah. have no idea. And, um, you know, talking about that, like, sort of um, wanting to get out, being a young, sort of angsty teen, or for yeah. me, it was most of my 20s <laughs> and into my 30s. But um, I had this thing where, and I grew up being this, like, massive State of Origin fan, 
And then when I started to question things, I'm like, everyone's like, Maroon's, Maroon's spirit. And it's this massive place. Like, you in Brisbane have no idea about, like, the Mount Isa life or Charleville or even, you know, right at the top, sort of Mossman, whatever, you know. And here we have these people. I mean, it's silly. It's just sports, but it's like people going like, you know, even now where people go like, it's something that that I, the New South Wales don't get and all that. And it's like- we don't even get the like no. so much. I haven't been to most of. But it's why the, the Queensland team do because they're all from <laughs> Charleville and Roma. And yeah, yeah. That, well, that's it. The players. You know? Yeah, and, yeah. They, and they they you know get out there too. Well, it is a it's a massive spread. Like you can have people from two thousand k's away. Literally, like I, I'm pretty sure. Um, I think Townsville or definitely Cairns is is further than Brisbane and Melbourne, which is too yeah, 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 I yeah. think Townsville as well, but yeah. Anyway, <laughs> yeah, I don't know. but um, yeah, that's amazing. And um, so grow which which parts of Brisbane did you grow up in? I actually grew up kind of like on the border of Ashgrove and the Gap, which which kind of sounds pretty bougie these days. Yeah. Um, it's incredible. Like I know you know I know it's a common thing that that suburbs change and whatever um but it is like it is wild like my parents still live on the street that i grew up in and i go up the street and there's not one house standing that was there when i was growing up yeah that that area particularly um is just like so different to when i grew up oh you know i grew up there and there was like you know just dogs everywhere and (laughs) neighbors were shooting them and yeah well i yeah i um because I'm from Sunnybank on the south side. Yeah. We had a family friend who was... You know, there's like... You you know... Um, well, I was going to say when you have a family friend who's really close, we called them auntie. But I know in Indigenous yeah, there's yeah. aunt and uncle. Yeah. But this is white aunt. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. But um, yeah, we called it, called it auntie Sue. But growing up as a kid, you don't really know. And then when we get told when we're a bit older, she's not like blood auntie. But anyway, um, she lived at The Gap. So... Yeah. Even though it's 15Ks or something, it was like going to another place because I I remember the big mountain behind and, you know, they've got the TV towers. Yeah, yeah. And and very, very bushy for like um, how close it is to the city because it's it's like 5Ks from the city, but it's so green. And and it's, I mean, it's still kept, thankfully kept most of the the greenery and, and obviously Mount Nebo. And it's yeah. really cool. They opened the the I don't know if it was the council or whatever opened up the dam out there, the reservoir. So that's yeah. become really, really popular. Yeah. Um, yeah, it's amazing. And I I'm not far here from Mount Cuthbert as well, so I st- I get to, you know, mo- every <laughs> afternoon I get I f- the chance I'll walk up Mount Cuthbert. Maybe like I'm a bit best. cynical, but I feel like it's not even by choice. It's just the land is too harsh to build on. Like. They yeah. look. Let's let's be honest. They'd rip it all down if they could. But like, yeah, because it's so like slopey. Yeah, they tried to put like a zip line or and something. And then you got that. Like, you know, it's insane. Yeah. You got that quarry. Like, yeah, ca- yeah. Is yeah. it Capera? Ca- oh, the, there's a Capera yeah. quarry, and then there's one at the Gap too, like where the bottle, like the Gap Tavern is. Like a, <laughs> it's yeah. like amazing. So close to the city to have a quarry. Like <laughs> yeah, yeah. There's a few. There's okay. one on Mount Cutha. Yeah, yeah. It's crazy. And then um, I think it was like thirteen, fourteen. We, uh, me and a few mates used to go up to um because all the TV channels are there. Mm. We used to go up to Mount Cooper to um that Saturday morning they recorded the sports show Channel Seven. Oh yeah, yeah. yeah. So that's my experience with that kind of area, you know. Like, 
um, the Gap, Ashgrove, Mount Coothe. Yeah. yeah, yeah, yeah. And then um, West West Barton. Do you consider that the same area? I, I did some oh, um, where, played a, played a game or two there. That's another like kind yeah, of yeah. I've on done the a, side of the hill thing. Done yeah. a done a um, the Barton Bowls Club was a regular for a while there. Yeah. Um, did a lot of did a lot of time down at the Barton <laughs> Bowls Club. Yeah, I got a few Barton mates. So um, quite a while there at Ashgrove. Or you- yeah, yeah, um, yeah. I've always been around like Ashgrove, Red Hill kind of area. I went to Kelvin Grove High. I didn't go to the Gap because both my brothers went there, and I don't know. I, it was a really weird decision at the time. Like That's a little totally bit of a hike. Um- to go to Kelvin Grove? Yeah, yeah. Oh, not real. I mean, it's just straight up Waterworks Road. And oh, okay. Yeah. Bit of a walk. you got to go like yeah. do a bit of a walk through the streets. Did you, what did you, how'd you get there? Did you catch a bus? Yeah, or? I got the bus. Just got the bus to Red Hill and there was like this cheeky little <laughs> cut through to get to Kelvin Grove. Oh, yeah. yeah. Awesome. Um, so like, yeah, how'd you find sort of growing up there? Like, yeah, a bit of. Like you said, dogs running around. And yeah, pretty loved fun, it. Yeah. We had the creek behind us, and there's a golf course. So, yeah, you know, we did all the all that stuff. I I can't believe we survived. To be honest, like <laughs> I don't know, I sound like I'm exaggerating or like over romanticizing my youth, but like when it flooded, we were just straight into that creek. Yeah, and now I see it now when it floods. It was just like. Yeah, madness. Yeah, Mad, like, and this is pre- this is predating these insane floods that we've had the last. Yeah, but there were some big ones, but yeah. not not nothing like. I think yeah, about a year ago, well, you know, early last year they had the worst one where it was the creeks went crazy and yeah, yeah. Did you ever have um? Because you see when it floods, you always see like on the news and stuff. They're like kids bodyboarding in the park, and I love yeah. that sort of stuff. Did you ever have any crazy thoughts like that? Because I have this one where I'm glad, I'm so glad I didn't do it, but it, it was this creek behind us and the dumb kid thinking, mm. well, you don't think things properly. I wanted to bodyboard in it and I yeah. didn't end up doing it. Yeah. But now when you see it, there's like all these crazy sticks and yeah, yeah, um, yeah. not oh, you we know, did it branches. Every time. So did you have anything like that? Yeah, yeah every time we just <laughs> go down and we get my friend's dad worked at like Anset and had these like giant tubes from like the plane tires. Oh yeah, that's it. And we'd throw them in. They were probably the safest. Yeah. Because you just Oh, I love the tube, yeah. Yeah. But we took anything. We just yeah. oh, it was just insane. And then obviously the golf course on the other side. So if it really rained, you know, we'd get the boards and shoot down the. Oh yeah, fairway. was that easy to access? Was it? Cause yeah, I th- might have been a simpler time, but a lot of courses are sort of fenced off now. No, it's still pretty easy to access. To <laughs> yeah, be oh sick. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> um, yeah, so that was really fun. Yeah, um, great. A lot of that. A lot of yeah. Mo- most of it was around, and and we grew up kind of right near like the place called the Taylor Range Country Club. Which yeah. is now like, it's it's been very strange because like my mum worked there at the kiosk and it was just so different and we just had free access. It was like our backyard growing up. Um, so great. We were like, it was really was a you know great childhood. Um, yeah, you know we had the run of the streets and whatever and, um, but yeah, now it's it's that that was that was really fun. Um, now it's like it's funny like we we have like some weird my my parents have some weird like life membership thing but we're 
like from the so I go down there. I used to go down there like a couple of years ago and like jump in the pool and do some laps, try to do some like fitness, and I'd just be like. These people, like, it was just this whole different demographic of people and they were, like, constantly asking me to, like, show my ID and my... Oh, the classic, my, like, like, um... um membership new... card and stuff. Was that <laughs> like, classic, like, the new crowd have moved in? Yeah, like... yeah. Oh, big time. So was and that, like, um... Like, yeah, like, apparently the fees are just outrageous yeah. to even to even have a membership there now. It's interesting to to hear that from someone who's... So did it feel to you um, quick that the whole yeah. gender is that the right word Real is quick. gentrification? Well, well, yeah, I guess that's in, pretty in harsh. Sense, but yeah, it's yeah. I mean, yeah. It, it, uh, so sometimes in my mind, we can. I don't know. It wasn't so much gentrification. It was more like, I mean, there were it. It was. Let's it be was, honest. It's like y- it yuppies moving in. Like, yeah, yeah. Let's. It, yeah. It, it was a public school demographic, which is now all the cars parked down there are all very expensive. Yeah. Range Rovers and Land Rovers and um, that kind of you know. Yeah. Demographic of the it's it's kind of a pr- more privatized kind of lifestyle. Because a lot of like, I kind of I've heard about the old days that I kind of missed, but I hear about sort of like mentioned Balimba before the Valley where there, there were these rough blue collar places that have been flipped around and it's the opposite now where they're fancy and yeah, yeah, yeah. Got to be yeah, exactly. So yeah, I'm always interested fine. if like, it's, that's just how yeah. shit happens. That's fine. But it's, it got frustrating going down there and then sort of being sort yeah. of made to feel unwelcome. So. Well, I'm always interested to think if it's quick or if it's like, a slow process, but it would be kind of like crazy to like. No, it happened pretty quick. It seemed to yeah. go along with like the there was like a big property boom around like the turn of the century, you know, like around yeah, you know, late nineties, early two thousands, and it just shifted so well. It seemed to be really quickly. And then you go from like having mates like Dazza and Shazza, and now yeah, yeah, yeah <laughs> I'm yeah. Angus. And- <laughs> The double barrel surnames. <laughs> yeah, 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 yeah. Although there is some, um, I've always like, like I said, not a little bit different differences in areas of um, Brisbane. I did always think with Ashgrove, you got like sort of what is it, Maris Brothers? Yeah, yeah. There's always yeah. been an element of, um, and I know there's like the GPS sports there. And, yeah, 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 yeah. So there was an, there was an element of the kind of um, private school thing there. Yeah, it? yeah, yeah. Absolutely. No, no. It was always kind of there. Yeah. Um, I remember it just this. Seems like a lot more of it. <laughs> yeah. I remember going to a cricket game there, and it was club cricket. The reason being, this is a long time ago. It was like twenty years ago or something. But um, you know, they have these like theme rounds, and Australian cricket had this thing where they sent all the Australian players back to their clubs. And I don't think they've done it since, but they were like, this this weekend, this round, oh, you've wow. all got to play for your club. Yeah, it was cool. Yeah, yeah. And so I went to watch because Matthew Hayden was playing for Valleys. Yeah, who, yeah, yeah, yeah. You yeah, were yeah. based at Ashgrove, which yeah, yeah, doesn't yeah. really make sense. But <laughs> yeah, a lot no, of the, it's always confusing. A lot me. of the clubs aren't in the na- like the actual name. but like Yeah, yeah, but that Valleys thing yeah, always confused me. Because the Valleys Rugby League was at um, yeah, yeah, where exactly. Alan Borderfield is now at Albion. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But yeah, yeah I remember where, that. Where Wally was. Yeah. And I was like, oh, man, all this Valley stuff. <laughs> None of it's in the Valley. But I used to – well, I still do. I do a lot of things solo, which not many people do. Like go see bands and stuff. Mm. And, 
things like that. I'd just go watch some sports solo. Like, didn't have any friends who wanted to go, but yeah, I went I to this thing stuff like that too. And it was yeah. like you'd think like international player dropping down, they're going to kill it, hit yeah, three hundred, yeah, 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 yeah. and he got out real early. I'm like, oh, what a rip off! Like, but that's the thing about cricket: it's yeah. like one ball, you're out. Like, yeah, yeah, yeah. The people who got him out must have been stoked, but yeah. Yeah, no, I did a bit of a stint down there. Well, it's not far from my house. If you sort of cross the, you know, but you know, yeah, yeah, it's just right. Our pushies everywhere, so it yeah. wasn't far. And and there was a bunch because I went to Ashgrove State School, and there was a bunch of kids that were there. Yeah, that kind of went on to grammar and and that sort of thing, and so they were already kind of in that jeeps yeah. thing. And there wasn't any rugby league around the place at the time. <laughs> which yeah. I was just grew up with. Yeah. So I just like, oh, I'll just go play footy at Jeeps. I'll just do the union thing. Yeah. <laughs> Never knew the rules. It was quite... The kids used to get real shitty at me because I'd start playing rugby league rules. And It um, is funny, like, we will say about... And it's true, like, there is a strong rugby league culture, but we do have these little pockets where, for whatever reason, you can't find a club or... Yeah, um, yeah. Because even Southside, where I'm from, like... I was lucky Sunnybank was just down the road and then there was two other clubs quite close. But then you'll have these pockets of a few suburbs. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Well, there was West at, at the back of like Pertel yeah. Park. At the back. Is it Pertel? Yeah, that was the one I was talking about before, yeah. Yeah. Um, that was kind of – I think because I, I, I knew people and I kind of just wanted to play in a team yeah. with people I knew that I went to school with and stuff. So, um, yeah, that was – I got quite into it, um, you know. Apart from the learning the rules part, I, I you know, um, yeah, you know, I, I wasn't that bad, you know. People were there was people like you know, I had I had I was kind of marked as someone who could be someone, um, <laughs> you know. I was playing, I was quite. You know, I started on the wing, and then I ended up in fullback, and people. Yeah, you know, like the coaches and the whatever were really. It was funny. One of the guys in the team. Um, his dad at the time was um, John Connolly. Well, he's t- <laughs> that sounds still stupid. is. <laughs> <laughs> at the time, was coaching the Wallabies. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, and he came. I remember one time he came down to training, and the and and the our coach was like, you know, this is such and such. This is Luke. This is you know, and we all know who this is, don't we? <laughs> and everyone's like, yeah. And I'm just like. Fucking clue. Yeah. <laughs> this dude is. But you just play along. And I've got the coach of the Wallabies coaching me. Um, so yeah, it was. Um, did I he, don't know did he show any Wallaby plays? <laughs> no, but he brought the whole. One time he brought the whole team down to like train down there. Yeah, and and like everyone brought down there like Gilbert. Footies and got and but that was like John Eels and David Campisi and all that. That sometimes I wonder with those sort of coaches is is it. Is it like smart tactics that got him where they are? Because some of them are just like, even Wayne Bennett says, like most of his thing is like just management of people. Yeah, 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 yeah. yeah. <laughs> I don't know. Coaching's a funny. It's yeah. It's it's so interesting because you get your Bennetts and then you get people like Billy Slater who've never coached in their lives that just walk into a team and yeah. You know, it's funny. I I've played so many different sports, but I've never even played one game of Union. Yeah, so it's right. It's kind of like a bucket list. I'd love to just try it. Yeah. Well, the 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 total irony is that I finally, when I started high school, I got to play rugby league yeah. for Kelvin Grove, and I was so excited. We played our first game versus 
I don't know what the team, what, 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 it was like some inter-school competition, but we were playing like Albany Creek, basically we were playing our age group of the Albany Creek Crushers. Yeah. Um, and at that time when you're like 12, 13, there's, you know, where like, that's where the weight divisions just completely yeah. blow out. Yeah, yeah. So these, I were, these was like fully grown men that we were playing. Yeah. And I was killing it. So first half, I was just like, I remember. On fire. I yeah. remember going to these, some of these outer sort of suburbs. Well, they felt outer, like Arana Hills. Yeah. And just thinking, what's in the water here? Like, yeah, so, yeah. Especially like giant second rowers. Yeah, that, that whole. They're just yeah. like, oh. Yeah, Arana Hills, all that area. And these guys were just monsters. Because I played in the front row and like, I didn't mind, you know, the different body shape? Like, I didn't mind, even if they were wide, I could handle that. But it was the, like the tall, rangy guys. I'm like, yeah, yeah. all bones and everything. But, um, yeah, I got well through so this game. But that's not actually not. You probably felt like a late start for you, but I was um, great. Second year of high school as well. My first rugby league game because yeah. I got put into soccer first. My parents put me into soccer. Yeah, right. Yeah, no, I did. A, I did a bunch of that sort of. Yeah. You know, beginning of primary school, early primary school years. Yeah. Because we had we were stones throw from the gap soccer club. Yeah, well, soccer makes sense for kids first thing. It's like safe, yeah. cheap. Simple, yeah, and I guess, and when you're young, you just go along with whatever. It's not until you're like, you yeah, know, yeah, that, exactly. that high school age yeah. where you're like, I can make my own decisions. Yeah, yeah, exactly. Yeah, so yeah. I was like, I actually just decided myself, I'm just going to go join rugby league. Like, yeah, yeah, no, well, this came up through through the school, and I was like, now's my time to shine, and Fuck first it. half just killed it, and then I became a target, so second half they kicked off straight to me, <laughs> and just... The two biggest dudes just smashed me and obliterated my knee. Oh shit! Um, just completely, completely tore the ACL right out of the bone and did as maximum amount of damage you could do. Did you get, where'd you get on the crutches? And yeah, the- they did the knee recons. Well, <laughs> no moon boots back then. <laughs> no, they had like this weird brace thing, but it was like no one believed me. So even on the field. Um, oh, like you're faking it or something? Yeah, like I was fucking screaming, but they were just like, play on. So like two of my friends, I remember Thomas Hare, Andrew Swan, thank you. <laughs> they just aborted the game and picked me up and carried me off. And then like the the yeah. St. John's woman was just like, oh, I've just put some ice on it, you'll be right. It's not great. I had to get the bus home. That's bull. There's not great OH&S back then. <laughs> no. You didn't I, even get the whistle? You know the whistle? No, nothing. Nothing. God. I got to get the fucking bus home. Yeah. My parents weren't home. I had to sit in the footpath and wait for them. I, I remember getting like head knocks and being knocked out and yeah, just yeah. like nothing. Yeah, and so, you're like running around on the field, yeah. don't know which direction you're going and oh. people are like, you'll be right, take it off. Yeah. <laughs> uh, but yeah, that knee thing was hectic because then I went, I went to this, I went to the physio. He's like, you've done your ACL. Oh, first it was like, oh, I'll put some ice on it, whatever. Did an x-ray. This guy was, did that thing where they click your knee and the, the like whole ligament was gone. Yeah. So they're like, you've done your ACL. Sent me to a specialist. He's like, no, no, no. You've just like fractured something. And then put me on crutches. And then like two weeks later, went back to the physio and he's like, what, why you haven't had a had a knee reconstruction? You've done your ACL. And I was like, nah, this guy said I was, it wasn't. He's like, go back. Oh, Went back oh. to him. The guy had, the knee specialist had fucking died from a heroin overdose in that Fuck. two weeks. So I went to this other guy who was like. Man, this sounds like, like, 
Everything that could go wrong was gone. Oh, it ended up taking like, I think it was like s- six weeks. And I got into this guy, James Bartlett, who was like a bit of a knee guru in the city that was <laughs> just like, yeah, it's fucked. Um, I'm going on holidays for two weeks. Oh, God. I'll do it when I get back. Um, you know, because I had to do sort of the whole public thing and wait. And then they did it and then put me in this cast from like my hip to my ankle. Fuck. Way too long. Fuck. And I was like in grade eight slash grade nine. A car? I've not think I've even seen a cast. Oh, so it like dug into my hip oh, and dug God. into my ankle. And then was in that for weeks and weeks and they put me in a, like this brace thing. That would have been nice and smelly by the end. Oh, or? it was rank. <laughs> and then like finally got the braces off, sat down. He's like, lay me on the on the thing and just like did the same little knee test thing. And he's like, yeah, it didn't work. Oh, fuck. <laughs> I've been so lucky with injuries, touch wood, but um, I, I kind of half-jokingly put it down to, like, you know, all my dairy, got my milk and my cheese. Yeah, I've never broken a bone. <laughs> it's all but yeah, it's just been sort of ligaments and muscles and yeah. stuff. Do you, so, um, do, you f- do you feel anything to this day? Yeah, oh, yeah, fine. I just, I'm real, well, I mean, yeah. I got, like I said, I've been pretty lucky, but I... Every now and then you get some things in knees and that, just from... Yeah, I just try to be mindful. I, I try not to do any sport that's... So, I mean, basically by that by that point, he was kind of like, look, we can do it again. We, there's other options. Are you going to be a professional athlete or not? And in that time I'd had off, I'd, you know, where I wasn't playing sport, I'd discovered the guitar and I'd discovered Nirvana. Fuck you. Yeah. And that was kind of all that mattered by that point. Yeah. So it was like, oh, I don't re- I'm not really interested. In Friendship being. ended with Wally Lewis. Yeah, yeah. Kurt Cobain <laughs> is my new friend. Yeah, exactly. And um, just it just meant you can't... But I was going to say, it just meant you can't do the big jumps, but yeah, pop, no, pop no. punk hadn't come in by... No, no, yeah, I don't think yeah. Grunge were doing the big sort no, of um, newfound yeah. glory sort yeah. of jump. <laughs> no. <laughs> so it was just like, no, fuck it. Yeah. Like, uh, um, I'll just be mindful not to... The only muscle you need for that is the... The smashing, the shoulders for the yeah, smashing exactly. guitar. But yeah, so I just yeah. don't do any sport, you know, running around on sand or any mm. services or any like tennis or stuff. You know, yeah, I just do walks, and if I if I manage to get a jog up, I'll make sure it's like uphill and not. You know what I like about that? You've you've got the the Pete Murray Vance Joy <laughs> background <laughs> yeah, of um, yeah. footy didn't work yeah. out, so you hit the hit the strings. Yeah, and there's been a few granddaddy as well. Yeah, that, that, um, Jason Little from Granddaddy had a similar one, but I think he was skating. <laughs> he wasn't playing footy. My well, my favorite um, sports music crossover. There's a a pop punk band called Pulley. I don't know if you heard of them. No. They're from like that sort of no effects epitaph. Yeah, yeah. And the singer is a was a major league pitcher, baseball yeah, pitcher. Wow. Yeah, so that's like that's a high crossover because yeah, it's yeah. like. American sports, you know, it's competitive and like pitching to get to that level. Yeah, yeah. So, yeah. But um, anyway, that's, I've always got to put some punk reference in. Yeah, no, no, that's good. <laughs> All right. So, that, that takes us to the music. Nice segue here. So, um, can you just give us a sort of uh, a background of, of the music when it was like, um, was it um, just for fun for a long time or did you sort of pretty quickly realize like this is something I really want to do? I mean, yeah, I mean, it was, I was pretty oblivious because, I mean, around the same time I kind of discovered weed as well, so. Another good genre of. (laughs) (laughs) No, no. So it was all a bit of a blur. Yeah, yeah. I I know about that, the 
the blur years of yeah. um, not meaning the band either. Just like I have these kind <laughs> of um, teenage years, a bit of a blur, like mostly booze. Not not so much. I, there's a little bit of pop, but yeah, I was I was more of a booze hound. That's why I'm like not really into it these days. Yeah, did yeah. way too much. In, yeah, well, yeah, same. <laughs> um, yeah, so I just did the usual sort of high school kind of. <clears throat> Hazy, hazy years. Hazy stoner skater kind of. Yeah. You know, I tried to, I couldn't really be a skater because of the knee situation, but I did have a skateboard. I'd just walk around, walk around the King George Square with it and yeah. occasionally roll yeah, around a, on it. <laughs> I couldn't well, do it. We any. were probably the same. I, I couldn't flip yeah. or jump or anything. I just, yeah. more more weight issues there. Yeah. <laughs> although, although I wasn't that fat. I don't know. I don't know why. I think too, um, um, and it's probably why I'm not, never picked up music either because i'm not good at sort of studying or and when i say study i mean like because people learned how to do flips and stuff and i couldn't pay attention to yeah, like yeah, yeah. how to do it so i'd be just trying to kick flip just like chucking the board up and like you know i'm doing yeah, a yeah, visual yeah. thing here with my feet i yeah, forget yeah, it's no, an I audio know. platform <laughs> um <laughs> you know what i mean so yeah i wasn't flipping or anything no i just cruised around this and i felt I felt a bit bad because everyone was flipping and grinding, and yeah, I, I yeah. was just cruising. But I didn't really these days. Care. It's it's to do with weight. Yeah, <laughs> I can't get the air up there. But um, so did you have a did you have a band or? Yeah, uh, so I mean, not, I mean, you know, there was a couple of guys in my school who uh, sort of were into um, playing music and had you know we sort of that era. It was you know a similar punk kind of well we went through there's a couple of metalheads in my grade because mm. it can be really hard to find like-minded people yeah like um i was a big scar boy believe it or not yeah i believe it yeah <laughs> do i have a, do i give off scar vibes you know you do but well the, for me well the, well the thing is i do, i was probably like loud sh- i'm wearing a subway shirt here but um mm. what says barn me but uh no because i was never the, like didn't have all the checkers and that or like you know, there's yeah, that image. Yeah, 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 yeah. And then um, I actually kind of like, I didn't, I wasn't that into all the, the real cheesy scars, you know, like the real big fish and like. No, no, I was yeah. like, you know, like Mad Caddies and Less Than Jake was my favorite band. Yeah. You know, yeah. Anyway. Yeah. I remember but, the one from the Warped Tour CDs. <laughs> but like that's why I never made a band because like, and I was I was a real loner. I'd go to gigs myself. And yeah, I often did too. Yeah. yeah, and it's hard to like. I just go there, watch the bands leave. So I didn't get to know anyone in the scene or anything. So yeah, I was like, "How would you make it?" Especially scars, like six or seven people, right? Like, yeah, 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 yeah. And um, well, ironically, I did get to know this band Wiser, yeah, just from sort of like stalking them, yeah, <laughs> going to heaps of gigs, and I did played a cricket game with them. Oh, they had nice. a cricket team. You know, it was like a band com cricket band. Yeah, 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 yeah. But um, did you find that like hard finding like like minded people? Yeah, yeah, particularly. I mean, it was kind of unique with me because of I, I kind of sort of gravitated, especially when I started high school. There's kind of <clears throat> it's kind of this thing where the, the black fellas all kind of just like gravitate towards each other, and and I was always more comfortable hanging out with the black fellas, and but none of them listened to Nirvana. It was all fucking rap and hip hop. So whenever I was with them, and and even a lot of my skater friends and stuff, we would just listen to dr dre and yeah um some of that kind of like 
so Queen, you, a lot of that, like Queens Bridge, New York. So you never, did, you, did you try some rhymes or like? No, <laughs> never did, never did, never once. And it's wild because I ended up even post school hanging out with a lot of these guys that all kind of went on to be you know these great rappers and there's like i look through all these old photos and there's it's just like me at rick's with hilltop hoods yeah. like, <laughs> man you, know? you gotta you gotta put those online though, yeah they're again. hilarious it's yeah. like and this is all you know but it was um because i i hope you don't mind me asking yeah. your, your age or yeah no, not at all i'm i'm i, I just can't answer it <laughs> I, no i'm just saying 38 yeah well i'm 38 as well the reason yeah. i asked because um it just it's not like now where taking photos was as a done yeah. easier thing. Like, you know, you just people yeah. just whip out the phone now. But I've got that like missing years where there's not many photos of yeah, like yeah. early two thousand. But like if I, I feel like if I could find them or had them, I would be putting them on my page. Cause I had like I think I only had one photo of when I had dreadlocks. Oh wow. <laughs> and I had like a Terry Towling bucket hat, I remember. I was like oh. <laughs> And I went to get um Yeah, that's good. I actually went to this like African hairdresser because I thought, oh, they'll do it like yeah, legit, good. like the ones I yeah. want. But they ended up, she ended up putting on like this like wax stuff and um, pulling them like really tight and thin. So it came out more like new metal, like looking like, <laughs> yeah, you know, those like yeah, corn, yeah, like po- yeah, um, yeah, yeah. pointy sort of sharp. Yeah. yeah, yeah. yeah, yeah, yeah. In my mind, because I, I wanted sort of like, you know, like Jay from Friends or Rom, like yeah, yeah, what, like, big that punk sort of like, ones, yeah. yeah. So it wasn't what I wanted, but I was like, it, and I think I took one photo and it like lost because it was more like you know you had to take the camera to the chemist and, yeah yeah and then you wouldn't just be like if you're with mates or whatever like oh can we have a photo guys and I remember like it'd have to be like a special moment I think I remember like we had a touch footy team and it might have been end of season we took a photo things like that yeah you know? yeah yeah not yeah. like now we just yeah but um well that's yeah. interesting yeah like yeah so yeah there's a lot of being around. You could, you could have even be the, like the production guy too. Like, well, you know. I'd sort of dabbled a little bit with some of the guys oh, you into could. rapping, you know, like I'd just help out with like, I'd just, you know, make a beat yeah. for them or stuff. Well, speaking never. of um, um, new metal, you could have like tried to go to like the Rage Against the Machine. Sort yeah, of, yeah, could have. No, it's funny. Yeah. Like I just never, I was always yeah. just, I was just so into melody and yeah, I was just stuck, you know, like my first, my first memories of loving music were just like your classic. What's on your parents' record players? Yeah. Credence and Beach Boys, and I just I've always just been a sucker for just melody and pop kind of you know pop melodies and and you know which is very much what Nirvana is as well. Yeah. Um, Did you find? Um, I just well, I just didn't know anyone that was doing it. Yeah. So that's why I wasn't hanging but out with, with the with the sort of rap stuff. Did you find like it's like. Um, it's probably hard to remember, but it's like kind of just like my mates like this, so I'll just sort of like join in or no, yeah. I'd honestly, I mean, there was some that I liked. I li- I liked the American stuff because they listened to that raw underground hardcore American stuff, and yeah. I kind of you know that's kind of where it's it's at its most authentic, and that kind of always um, I'm always kind of attracted to a bit more. Mm. So I was into that. But never into like I don't think I've ever been to into any genre as a as a genre. Yeah. Even even with grunge, like I you know, people just sort of assumed I was I'd be across Soundgarden and Pearl Jam. So I I've just never been into it. It's mm. just I just really like Nirvana. Yeah. <laughs> um Yeah, I just I don't know. Um 
Well, back then too, like um, the CD compilations to just kind of... Yeah, I, I yeah. I was big into that. Yeah. It made me very lazy as a music listener because, like I said, I was like Fat Records, Epitaph. So oh, I, yeah. I would just get those and there was enough. You didn't... It, you didn't need to explore because they would have 20 tracks. Exactly. And then out of that, I'd probably, three or four of them, I'd get the album. And then yeah. It's it just like, yeah. So, like, record labels were very powerful back then. Yeah, that was awesome. Yeah. I, yeah, I probably like labels samplers. more than genre, even though, you know, yeah. Yeah, no, I know what you mean. And, and, and I, I've, yeah, labels as, it, as their own thing has been. You know, and sub like sub pop. You know, I had a sub pop shirt, and yeah. there's been all sorts of incredible bands that have come through sub pop. Yeah. Um, so what was um, like? Can you tell us your very first? Was it solo or a, or a band, or what was your sort of first musical output? Um, it was a band. Um, so when I finished school, I figured I should go. I, you know, clearly the music thing was a thing, and it was something that I wasn't going to shake off. Um, so I did like they had these like six month TAFE courses for like music industry um, there was three of them one was like performance one was production and the other one was um, like business um, I did the performance one and when I got there I'd I met this guy and I knew him through like his brother was married to my cousin at the time and so there was already, so there was like, we met each other and we're like, oh, hey, you're such and such's brother, you know, like I'm, we're kind of related or whatever. Um, and then he had a friend outside um, of the TAFE course, like an old school friend, and they were doing a thing and he's like, do, let's do this thing. And we kind of started this, I don't know what it was, the, the, the beginning of like a, our, our first band, you know, just trying to find ourselves and writing and... Um, but the the two other fellas in the band they they kind of had a bit of a funny relationship where they were they were really great and complimented each other, but they also just would fucking want to murder each other. So <laughs> so it was usually just you know it was us sitting around the kitchen table and me kind of sitting there watching those two scream at each other and um. That's a pretty wild introduction. Like, <laughs> yeah. were you, did any part of you think like this is normal or this is just? I guess these are just two. Oh, it all seemed pretty normal. Yeah, but yeah. I mean, if you knew the guys, it made sense. You know, like yeah. they, were, they, they had they both had quite distinct personalities. Um, but so that didn't really last very long as the three of us. And um, strangely enough, the guy that I was uh, my my cousin's brother's my cousin's wife's brother. Um, he kind of moved on to do other things. He's an actor now and quite a successful screenwriter and actor and doing film stuff. Um, he kind of seems show up in TV shows and things. And um, I think he did a stint on Home and Away for a while. <laughs> um, uh, and John, I, me, and him kind of hit it off. The other guy, sorry. Um, so Dan, who kind of hooked it all up he bailed and then <laughs> me and the other guy kind of stuck together and we we kind of developed this we're from two different worlds he's got his own story that's an amazing story in itself um just a very unique upbringing and things and but we're, we were both very much from two opposite sides of the tracks yeah um but kind of hit it off in a weird way um and we just spent the next couple of years just on this little adventure as the two of us kind of riding and 
performing, going, he had this old van and we would just drive up to Cairns and back and just play gigs and sometimes wouldn't play gigs. We would just go on a mm. holiday and um, just just um, really, really kind of just took it, soaked in a lot of music, a lot, a lot of music. Um, he came more of, came from more of like a, he really loved like Wilco and um, more um, acoustic leaning kind of country-ish, you know, I've got to be very careful how I use my, no, that's my right. words, but, but um, he kind of showed me this whole amazing world of, of, got me into things like, yeah, like Hank Williams and Graham Parsons and, and that kind of stuff. Um, and then that kind of, I don't know, that was a, <coughs> I've, I've just go through these phases of discovering these artists and, yeah. and getting right into them and then coming back and then and they're all kind of moulding into each other. Um, around the same time while I was with that band, I started working at um, a Blackfella radio station, <laughs> um, which has gone back to being called Triple A now, but at the time <laughs> it was 98.9 FM. One of my best mates at the time, Dan Rennie, was um working there who still is actually he's pretty much running the joint <laughs> but he was someone i kind of grew up with around the barton area and he got me in there and i started doing production stuff and was there for probably about five years so it's like more behind the scenes than yeah the- yeah it started off purely behind the scenes um but then just the nature of that station and and me kind of just winging my way through everything i I wound up on air quite a bit actually um and was doing kind of all different kind of tasks around the place and um that opened up a whole new set of doors to different people and I, I became friends with the guys from Brisbane band Halfway yeah who had already been around for about 10 years but they were a band that I really admired and I knew a couple of the guys through my girlfriend and had seen them play a bunch of times and was really, really blown away. Um, and ended up sort of through meeting and through there and then they needed a keyboard player and I really liked... We had a lot of influences in common, but strangely enough, not country influences. They were like big star and replacements mainly were like... Yeah. We were, I was I loved those bands and so did the Halfway Guys and bands like R.E.M. and stuff. So... They were looking for a keyboard player and they asked me if I wanted to play keys and I said yes, even though I couldn't fucking play. I'm <laughs> just like, yeah, well. I'll give it a give that, it a They're an eight piece, so surely surely there can't be too much trickery. I'll just, just Did you figure feel like, out the buttons and yeah. press them. And also you'll just be somewhere in the mix there? Like, yeah, exactly. It's, like, like it's, all, it's all colour. Yeah, it's yeah. not a band that does anything flash. Yeah. It's all it's all colour. So it was just it's just making sounds and hitting the right <laughs> buttons. So... I bought a keyboard and joined them and then like straight away just started being a bit more of a real musician and mm. you know the first gig with them. Were they pretty busy like gigging a lot and Yeah, at the time they were. The first gig I did with them was the Big Day Out. Wow. Um I think it was the last year of the Big Day That's Out. That's a pretty big initiation. Yeah, like first ever gig, first ever gig, first ever time playing a fucking keyboard. Yeah. Um good apprenticeship. Yeah, it was really <laughs> wild and you know, that was like the year it was like Iggy and the Stooges were playing and Primal Screen were playing and Yeah. It was just like holy dooly like Yeah. There's no no sort of local bar dip the toe in, you know? <laughs> no, no, no. I mean we'd I'd done that with my mate John O. We'd done we'd done the the 
the bar stuff. Yeah, yeah. And You've done your apprenticeship. That's yeah. a whole other that that should be a series of podcasts in itself. <laughs> that journey of me and him playing these right just wild bars. Yeah. And just the craziness that went on. <laughs> we me and him should do something like this. If we could do a whole series. Yeah. Of just the People yeah. don't realise that. Like I get the same where people ask me how long you've been at it. They don't know that there was the the early years, you know. Yeah. <laughs> Playing to bars to a few people and, um, yeah, well, that's rad. Like, um, awesome way to get in. You just sound yeah. like you're just, there's no known pathway. You're just finding your way. No, there wasn't one that I knew of, but there, I also wasn't creating one for myself, which is, you know, yeah, can be a good thing or a bad thing. I, I wasn't that focused. I mean, I was driven, I was motivated and I loved it and I always wanted to do music, but I, I don't think I was ever focused in a sense of aiming towards any particular benchmark mm. or any particular goal it was more just just being around it being being around listening to music i liked trying to make that make music that well you were I a liked. huge fan so that's yeah. like and, a and very just, pure way you weren't just like i want to be a pop star you know? yeah yeah so it was that uh, and coupled with just trying to find like-minded people just be around yeah people that were into the same stuff that that i got along with that were easy to get along with and that that we could be mates and enjoy it all t together mm. so it's been a very interesting journey that's just i've just got to because yeah. i'm sure most of your heroes they were probably massive fans as well themselves. Yeah, yeah. So it's almost like passed on. Massive fan starts to play. Yeah, yeah. Passing Absolutely. the torch on, you know. Absolutely. We'll we'll hear in the in the future. We'll hear about a a kid that got sad because they were a Luke Peacock fan, you know. <laughs> <laughs> or maybe a, a comedian who was a Goxie fan. No. Yeah, yeah. No, no. Absolutely. Yeah. So that's um. Now I want to tell about the. F I'm I'm trying to try. Sometimes you can't remember, but I'm pretty sure the first time I knew of you was through um, the Vic Sims. I heard on yeah. um, ABC the the Richard Fiedler conversations yeah, with yeah. Richard Fiedler. So can you tell us about that? Was, was that through the the Triple A you got involved in that or um, that kind of yeah? Well, basically yeah. So I was working with Triple A when they got flooded, and this is the, this is, I'm going to try and do this. The, the quick way even though it's a long oh, yeah, story. I, sh I should sort of um for those who don't know um vic sims is one of the first um he's an indigenous singer from the rock yeah. and roll so was it 60s he did it um yeah so he, 50s, yeah. I think, uncle yeah. vic is a, a bidjigal man an elder from la perouse in sydney that's where he's from from he was the last man born on that land in la perouse on the mission in botany bay there right where the first fleet came in and all that stuff and he was a child basically a child star from the 50s right at uh, well like off the back of the 50s the 60s um like you know in australia the birth of kind of rock and roll in australia um but it was kind of a lost story you know i mean so, some mob heard yeah. it, probably more sydney mob local mob sort of knew the story but i was up here and, and we got flooded and lost a whole bunch of our archives in the in the 2011 floods um, with AAA. So part of my job, I decided whilst I was doing my other work, I'd set up like a tape recorder and a DAT machine and a record player at my desk mm -hmm. and start digitising all the 
stuff that survived basically and just trying to get it all into waves wave yeah. files on the computer so they don't get washed washed down rockley ironic using the word wave with water but yeah. <laughs> yeah, 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 true sorry uh, that's just my warp comedy no no, no no that's good that's good <laughs> that's 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 up my alley unfortunately <laughs> Um, please, so, come, yeah. please come to my shows, by the way. The, the comedy's not that bad. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, so at one point I had this DAT cassette and it just had like, please do not record over, like just this little like uh, post-it note. Yeah. Um, hit play and it was just like, you know, had the headphones on obviously. was trying to make sure the levels were right and everything and it was just, it was this Vic Sims record called The Loner. So and this is the first time you'd ever known yeah, of it? Well, well, I'd heard it. I'd heard, I, I was familiar. Yep. Uh, yeah. So sorry. Um, <laughs> we just had a technical issue. Um, lost power, but we'll get back into it. Um, Luke, you were saying about um, uh, recovering the the audio at AAA for and the Vic Sims. Yeah. 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 So basically, this this little thing came across my desk. I put it on. I'd heard the songs being played. I, I heard like two or three. That were that were clearly on the on the system and and were play, getting played on air, but it was the first time I kind of you know when, when you're working there you're not paying that much attention and you it, it's kind of in the distance. Um, so with headphones on and then just you know hearing it clearly on a sort of analog um, format, it's like holy shit, what is this? Um, and then just so obviously just kept my headphones on and listened to the whole thing um, and long story short it just led me down this journey of like what is this where can I get myself I was, I was collecting vinyl I was trying to collect Blackfella vinyl at the time like all like the old Coloured Stone records and Wouldn't Be Banned and No oh, Fixed hit, Address No Fixed Address yeah I got I got two of their records and I had um Oh, heaps of country singers, Jimmy Little, even had a Lionel Rose, a signed Lionel Rose record. Um, I was getting this really cool collection. Hang on, we need to hear more about this Lionel Rose. It was this, uh, he played music, did he? Yeah, 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 yeah. I didn't know about that, yeah. He's a country singer. That's awesome. It's called Thank You. It's it's a great record. Yeah. There's a uh, song called Thank You and a song called called Jackson's Track, which is just... Yeah, well, this is all so important to like... Pass on the message, yeah, and like, yeah. um, because it's easy to like, you know. I guess people hear about certain elements, but if we can pass on the the great positive stories, you know, and like that yeah. that'd help a lot for like, yeah, 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 absolutely. I mean, that's 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 kind of part of the culture. That's 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 how. I mean, this Vic Sims story is amazing because of, like, we don't know that much about that era. Like, a lot of people are like, oh, well, what, what are the first big Australian music stars? A lot of people yeah. think, like, I don't know, Johnny O'Keefe, Slim yeah. Dusty, and then... Peter Allen. Or and it's, it was very brief, this, this Vic Sims sort of... Yeah. Wasn't it? Yeah. Yeah. So, long story short... I went everywhere trying to fucking everywhere trying to find this record. It was just impossible to find. Um and I went and asked my boss who at the time, who's um unfortunately not with us anymore, Uncle Tiger Bales, who's just one of those guys that have has every person's number in his in his phone. <laughs> and I was like, Oh, I'm trying to 
oh, I think at the time I started learning one of the songs because I really wanted to just like learn this song. And I went off and I was like, do you know the lyric, this lyric? Can you figure it out? Because it's killing me. And he's like, no. Nah. Because you can just give him a ring and ask him. <laughs> and I was like, oh, what fuck? You know him? He's still yeah. alive. Like, holy shit. So, but, um, you know, it's like interesting. We live in an era now where it's like anything, nearly anything you want is there, right? Like look yeah, it up, yeah. Google it. And you have to physically get this, like, physical record, right? That's yeah, the only yeah. way. Um, I mean, it's a long time ago. It's not I don't, It's not as if... Well, how did you feel? It's not as if it was, like, being repressed. Like people, no, no, People no. weren't purposely trying to, like, bury it. It's just the sheer fact of time plus... No, well, I mean, it got... It, Cause it's it, not a barrier, you know, like, but much, they stopped. They stopped. So... Do you know much about, like, did it sell at the time, like, a lot or, like... Well... So the story is, it. Um, so long story. Sh- I'll, I'll try and get to that bit because it's it's a, yeah. such a wild story. By the so way, I just tell listeners you can actually find like proper coverage of this. This, yeah, this yeah, is how yeah, I found yeah. out about it. It's an amazing story. Yeah, but this is the very brief version. Yeah, yeah. yeah. So I got to know. I got to know him. We became phone pals basically, um, and he was trying to help me find a copy. Um, and then eventually I was like, hey, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to record a version of one of your songs like, and send it to you. Oh, yeah, like it was just like, no, I wasn't going to release it or anything. I was just like, oh, you know, here, something nice for this old fella. Yeah. Um, and then he was like, let's, let's, let's do the whole album again. He's like, you've got to understand. <laughs> so basically this album, he ended up, he, he was this child star in the 50s, did all this amazing stuff, played with all these amazing people, met the Stones and Sinatra, met <laughs> everyone. And then that kind of just just fizzled out. And then he kind of went down with the, with the ship of 50s, you know, rock and roll singers and got on the booze, got in trouble, ended up in prison. And he was doing seven years in prison and then one day... A charity organisation came through, heard him singing in the yard and said, sorry, that's that's my girlfriend's dog that sounds like he's <laughs> dying in my bedroom. Um, that's all right. I mean, heard, not heard that's all right that it's dying. <laughs> I mean, that's all right that there's a sound in the background. <laughs> um, heard him singing, literally just like shipped in a recording studio into the kitchen of Bathurst Prison and gave him one hour and he recorded this album the loner in that hour this is like and the awesome thing about this this is like early this is a trailblazer of like now there's like wu-tang members doing albums in jails and stuff yeah Yeah. this was pre pre johnny cash probably i think it was around that time yeah i think that was what that was kind of their angle Mm. was like the correction services in bathurst was so fucked that it had those riots the whole new south wales correctional service had a really horrible reputation they were it was really fucked for the prisoners and they'd been rioting and they had a really bad name and so i think that was their angle was that they were going to team up with like i think it was like rca records which is like elvis's label (laughs) um and do this like music from a jail thing that johnny cash may have just just done san quentin or Folsom or prison or something and Try and try and get back some reputation as 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 being a, a good place for prisoners to to be, 
And so they'd record the brand, this album. The brand was in damage control. Yeah, yeah. And and then they would and then they'd release the album. They pressed it. They did like one pressing, and then would like send him out on the road. And the first week of of the opera house being open, they like they like fucking dragged him out in cuffs to the Fine. to the opera house side of stage, uncuffed him, put him out. He sang his song, fucking back in. Cuffed yeah, him back to the fuck. back to the back to the prison that and he would go around to shopping centers and stuff and they were trying to flog off this album and this whole story of how you know New South and Wales Correctional back Service. Back in your cell, yeah. Yeah, and back in your cell. And and he was feeling funny about it, but he, you know, he thought it maybe it was a way out and a bit of hope. But then all these brothers and all these you know the the mob in the prisons were like you got to fucking stop it. Like, stop it. Like, just being you, used. Sort of like. Yeah, like, you, you make... The, well, it's kind of bizarre. Like, I don't want to make light of it, but it's this weird, like, day... Here's your day out. <laughs> but it's not like, I don't know, go to the park, get some fresh air. Yeah, you yeah. perform a concert back in yourself. Yeah. Must have been really weird emotionally. Yeah, yeah so it was full on. And he just... It didn't sit well with him and, and his mates were getting pissed off. So he's just, like, went up, you know went in just to the office and yeah. <laughs> saw the big man and, and the other thing just briefly i know like i said um this is really worth looking into you can find it in other more um respectable places than a comedian's podcast but um you the the style of the record too so when he first come out it's like real um teenage bubblegum pop wasn't yeah. it but this record was sort of legit sort of music right like, yeah, yeah, yeah it was like, legit but it was all his own songs like, yeah uh, that early child star stuff it was all cold joy songs that yeah. cold joy had written or songs that were hits in america that they'd really yeah that's what i'm saying it was like amazing that. the change and yeah. yeah and all of a sudden he's writing about it's almost silver chest style like, yeah <laughs> early days was the sort of the tomorrow yeah then he's writing his um neon ballroom in jail <laughs> <laughs> is that yeah. a good comparison <laughs> it's, a, it's a, a perfect comparison you know daniel jones oh, Uncle Vic. yeah, yeah. Um, writing his cemetery or <laughs> yeah 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 so it it was um and it was all his own experiences his own songs and they were fucking good songs yeah and that's you know and, and before me and you weren't knowing anything about it yeah. i was like these songs are well and, and some um correct me if i'm wrong i'm not saying he was the very first, but there was some like protest songs and yeah, uh, yeah, yeah. Absolutely. So to go from the the cheesy sort of bubblegum stuff of the early yeah, he was speaking his story and singing his story, and and naturally they they were becoming songs of protest because he was just not gonna uh, fucking let it happen. Um, yeah. So and and again that and that turned into him saying that to the to the corrections officers. I'm not you're not taking i'm not doing this shit anymore yeah and that landed him fucking landed him they just said all right well we're not gonna that's what we're, we're not gonna pro promote the album anymore we're not gonna do any more pressings put him in fucking solitary Fuck. like they really roughed him up about that's it. bullshit yeah well that's why i think when i first heard you come on the radio to talk about it and the story it's it's very important and it should be like yeah, yeah it's great yeah. that you were able to be a part of that yeah, it was. It's oh, absolutely, and it's something that I could potentially be my proudest achievement that I. So we haven't even we haven't even mentioned how I'm involved in it. Yeah, that, yeah, yeah. Is that I couldn't find a copy. Vic was never totally happy with with the record because of the nature of how it was recorded. Mm. Um, didn't think it really got a chance. 
So he was like, well, fuck it. If you can't find it, let's just make a new version. <laughs> yeah, yeah. <laughs> so I, then, I guess in a way, and that's like absolutely bullshit how he was treated and that. Yeah. But you can kind of go, well, maybe it do- doesn't even exist at all if they hadn't have done that. It's a very small... Yeah. yeah, like um, yeah, we can it, be f- thankful that they, yeah, they did go in there and um. G- I mean, it's him; it's his talent. Yeah, yeah, and, and oh, that's bullshit that it, yeah. how they treated him. I'm not trying to um excuse that, but like, yeah, I'm. It's it's good thing he was able to do that. Oh, yeah, well, something good. That, you know, there was there was good good outcomes as far as his legacy, yeah. and his his contribution. You know, um, and I was just a bit like. When when he suggested, he was like, "Oh, you know, you should you should do more of these of those songs. You should you should re-release. You know, give them updated, fresh versions." And mm. he got really excited by the idea. And I think I was motivated by the fact that I was quite surprised that while sitting there when I first listened to those songs, that how did I one not know these songs already? Because I always thought of myself, I was pretty across. I was a bit of a music nerd, mm. um, not like a crazy historian, but I was pretty across. Yeah, yeah. Um, I, I was surpri- enough to be surprised that I... How did this had- go through to the keeper? Yeah, 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 exactly. So I was like, you know what, let's let's do it. And and it was all kind of an idea, but and I'd sort of mentioned it to the the boss of the label that Halfway was on, and then he kind of... Was a sort of a bit more in the no across industry stuff, and he yeah. kind of knew how to make it happen, and so he, you know, and he couldn't let go of the idea. I just sort of mentioned it at a barbie, and he was like, "Hey, like, don't don't let this idea fizzle out." And and you know, me and my wife both have um, kind of knowledge of how the industry works and how to make this happen. Mm. Um, we're totally would be we'd be so keen for this to to help out and yeah you know and and so I kind of was just like well I don't know fucking idea what I'm doing so <laughs> um, you know if you want to kind of drive it you know as far as getting this stuff done and I'll I'll kind of take care of the creative side and the and the kind of cultural side and make sure you know all the boxes are ticked culturally and and you know following mm. protocols and make sure that Vic's 100 percent happy and on board yeah you know, during the whole process then um let's do it and as soon as like it was like every time we mentioned it to someone they were just like oh, i want to be involved yeah and that's how it just sort of became so natural that people were so keen so did you find um, when people said that? So it was it was kind of this like sound sounds to me like it was this kind of known story, but they were just it was in the back of people's heads. Yeah. So there was some mainly Sydney people, but other other people that were real music nerds and music historians and people that had really gone down the path of researching blackfellow musicians um, and just like record collectors and stuff, kind of had an idea. And and we're aware. Um, and by this point, Vic, he's just kind of just living life. Just yeah, he's a bit just of a recluse. Or oh no, it's not a recluse. Um, not yeah, that's probably not the right word. I mean, of, not, just burning yeah. around Sydney mainly, just doing local things around Sydney. Um, he had his kind of just his his band there, and and oh yeah, so still playing a bit of music. Yeah, yeah, he was always singing, but it was always just like functions and NADOC functions and. 
No, like, um, recluse is not a good word, sorry, but in my mind, it's just like moved on. That, that yeah, was music yeah. was a point in time, but I didn't realize he was still playing a bit. Yeah. Yeah, it was very much a local thing. Um, kind of just entertaining people at functions, basically. Yeah. Um, uh, so, yeah, you know, he was still kind of... And, and because he's a he's a TO, he's a traditional owner of that area and mm. of La Perouse, and so he, he was quite active doing um, welcome to country ceremonies and doing cultural tours around La Perouse and stuff. So he was still active in the, in the community down in Sydney. Yeah. Um, and still is. But as far as kind of being anywhere near... You know, Archie Roach or Jimmy Little or, or um, you know any of those those guys that that kind of mm. was well and truly past him. It's um, a, yeah, it's amazing. It's uh, like but yeah, people knew like there's you know one one huge huge record collector and old old rock and roll forty five record obsessed of, um historian nerds um, <laughs> is Ru- Russell Hopkins Rusty Hopkinson from the drummer from UMI yeah and he already had a relationship with the halfway guys I think he'd put out their first record or something and he he got wind of it and he was like I want to play drums and I was like holy shit like because you know UMI like one of my favorite bands mm. ever and I was like was it literally gonna have to hold the beat back a little? Not the real am I super fast. No, no, I actually had to say no. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> because I really wanted the medics voice to be. The oh, band. okay, yeah. And the yeah. medics were, were were playing at the time and were just phenomenal live and a phenomenal band. I'm like, I really want them to be the band. Yeah, yeah. And I was like, but do you want to produce the record? And I knew, uh, you know, because Rusty had to be involved and w- whether we wanted him yeah. to or not. Yeah. But he was like, yeah. So Rusty produced it and, and the Medics guys were the backing band. And then it was just like... You got Paul Kelly, right? That's Yeah, it. yeah. Well, all these sort of just like ideas were sort of getting thrown around and, and, and Paul had gotten wind of it. He'd just written something for The Monthly, I think, or one of those, you know, publications and he'd got wind of it and, and he'd, he'd um, sent a note saying, you know, I'd, you know if, you want, if you want me to do any... Vocals, are, you know, yeah, I'd, I'd be more than happy to. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> oh, sorry, Paul. No. <laughs> <laughs> We're full. Yeah. Like. Yeah. So that was great. Um, and so we ended up this song. One, basically, one of the songs um, was kind of a, a, a center point of the original record, but it was also because of the nature of how it was recorded and everything. They were, they were all very similar. Vic only knew a couple of chords, and they were all recorded so quickly. Um, that we kind of re-recording it or we had to kind of take some of the songs so it wasn't all very similar sort of aesthetically and sonically. And we just, me and the medics just developed this crazy big dramatic fucking thing that we did with Stranger in My Country that was just so far from the original. Mm. And um, we had this, is that a, oh, that's another dog. Sound like a wolf. <laughs> Um, so we we it just turned into this thing where it was like because the song was called Stranger in My Country it just developed this this whole new meaning where it would be great to have all these different voices singing these parts so kind of like I I start singing it and then we had Uncle Roger Knox sing a verse and he's just one of the most incredible singers in Australia hands down just amazing singer and then Jindu's 
Jinder from the Medics, his dad is is Bunalori, the singer from Coloured Stone. Um, and he, we wanted him to do some stuff because he sings in, incredibly in in his his own language, moaning language, which is from down um, down on the the Great Australian Bight, kind of South Australia. Yeah. Um, and he does this amazing stuff, and then we had this wild idea that I don't know. This was like the, the history buff in me or the music nerd. Where at the same time as the loner was originally released, um, the Saints I'm Stranded was released at the same time in Brisbane, and it was like, I want to get Ed Cooper to sing. That's awesome, yeah. So we reached out and asked Ed Cooper to sing the choruses, and yeah. then so because I'm like a huge nerd of like the Saints story. It's amazing. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Their story in itself is amazing. Yeah. So I was like, and him being an immigrant, yeah, it's like, wouldn't it be weird? Just like these two albums from two just so far apart from each other, yeah, um, in so many different ways, both kind of at the at the at the very, and even their own turbulent yeah backstory, but in a completely different way to Vicks, you know, yeah, and so like right, and you know, they were kind of at the beginning of punk, and it was like the beginning of this, like they were both recorded aesthetically in this punky kind of mm. angsty fuck you kind of thing mm. um, as much as Vic's album's really pretty it still has has a very nice way of saying fuck you yeah um, and so I was like I'm just gonna get uh, ask ask Ed mm. and then I was like well it might as well be the song that Paul sings on too and then yeah. and you know this may as well become the real center point of the record the song that you know clearly if we're having a second shot of these songs we may as well you know try and create something that's gonna create a bit of buzz and really get the word out it's like fuck if there's a song yeah that has paul kelly and ed cooper on it and bonalori and roger knox Um, and Carl from the Medics does his amazing. It's really interesting. Vocals. It's like it's so really, wild. It's such an amazing story of how it's just becoming. You know the way it's come from. Yeah. The flood. Not to say you want it. You know, but then it's yeah. like it's becoming this all star. Yeah, yeah, and particularly the Cooper thing because it's like then you get the attention of sort of. I mean, you know, I don't want to stereotype, but kind of. Yeah. White boomer dudes mm. that that are, yeah. are probably have you know could easily just dismiss all the shit and don't really mm. you know care much for. Well, know. that's what I'm saying is like it's easy to do the token things like yeah yeah change your Facebook profile pic for NATO whatever <laughs> these are guys yeah. like let's get this important story out yeah yeah, yeah. and so- something that's going to be something for people to journalists and things to really latch onto and, mm. and yeah it, 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 it worked a treat and then like you said there's the offshoot stuff of like a he's like an early pioneer but then there's also the La Perouse and yeah the, yeah, the yeah treatment of people in incarceration and yeah yeah absolutely and it well, just opens up this other stuff which yeah yeah and it, it turned into something so much bigger hopefully people look be. into it even more because even i was surprised like i was you know i just happened to be listening that day 
to ABC. It's a yeah. good show conversations. I liked it. Yeah, it's great. Because I was doing a driving yeah. job, so I'm just driving all day, career driving, and it comes on. And, and like, they had so many different... I'd listen to them, and often they'd just pass by, and that, like, really... Yeah, that that, that has been that that conversation. That's been, I think, like one of their most replayed yeah. um, shows. I remember I ran because uh, uh, Richard, I don't know if he's still living up here, but he moved up here. He was living in the Gap as well, and we ran into each other at Woolies. We're walking <laughs> down the aisle, and we we're both like, "What?" Yeah, and um, and he's like, "Dude, that has got that episode got the biggest response." And I always know, like, they don't tell me if they're going to replay it, but I always know when they do because mm. all of a sudden, all these things notifications on my phone start lighting getting all these new likes and <laughs> on the yeah, it gives, gives it a new yeah so we've probably never actually mentioned that. I, i've had that experience but <laughs> but the difference being it was nothing important like yours mine was like stupid memes that <laughs> yeah yeah because like vice would just rehash stuff yeah 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 i had this anyway years ago i did this stupid thing it was i don't know if you've seen it, it was like Guy with cornrows eats corn while listening to corn. And then oh, they called me up yeah. to ask me a few questions. And I said something ridiculous, stupid. I just go, oh, I saw a lot of corn in my poo. Or <laughs> and then it just kept coming up. They kept rehashing wow. it. And then people would tag me. Anyway, like, and the headline was something about poo. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. Anyway, yeah. sorry to hijack. No, no, no. <laughs> I was no. just like trying to link it to me of... um. <laughs> Things being reused and rehashed. Yeah, and like, yeah. Which is a pain, but it's also. Yeah, no, I, mean, no, I mean, you know, it could be. Well, like, that's the thing. Not for, not for this, because the purpose of it yeah. was for it to, to get as. You well, know. that's. A, do you. Like, it's an amazing story. And um, I guess sometimes. Are you like. By the way, I do stuff as well. Oh, <laughs> uh, in yeah, a way. It was yeah. some, no, I mean, no, not really. You know, I'm not trying to say you were hijack Vic. No, like, it was just never yeah. about me, and the, yeah. it was so it was so genuine in its in yeah. its purpose, and it, it was just something of. Uh, I mean, yeah. I but that's the thing. Even if like, I'm not saying you would, but even if you would just to be known for that, it'd be a fucking oh, awesome I'm, thing to be like a sweet. part of. Yeah, yeah. Well, it's just something I'm most proud of that. And, um, there's the most, you know. There's so much meaning and purpose behind it. I'd rather do that than because there's there's equivalent things, right? Where, um, like, what I mean is the story, like, oh, there's this record, like everyone, you know, like Muso's Muso, like they know yeah. about, and it's a, a passed on and not as well known to the public. Yeah. And it'd be good to get it out as like, um, yeah, yeah. It's uh, but it's just something that's so in line culturally like yeah, it's so yeah. like i mean it's a very modern version of it but it's part you know it's the passing down it's the keeping keeping the stories alive yeah yeah um and yeah um i remember you um saying to me um like you don't have to go too deep into it like like vic was a kind of an interesting Fella. Oh, oh yeah, yeah, yeah. Well, I mean, and I've been told, like, you know, I use the the, term, the word interesting. <laughs> well, he's, yeah. I mean, he is. He's yeah, a, yeah, he is. He's interesting. He's an amazing person to talk to. Yeah, I mean, yeah. maybe he comes across. I don't know. It's hard to say. You just, he just, you just don't want to piss him off. <laughs> but he, but he's only. I don't know. He's only. 
It's only because, I mean, people... I guess, like, look, look, he was treated like shit, right? Do yeah. You, so you have to kind of get across, hey, we're on your side, we're not... Yeah, yeah. We're uh, not. It really wasn't hard for, for me, you know. It was co- because I didn't really come with him with an idea that I wouldn't, wanted to... Yeah. You know, we just developed a relationship based on me just, you know, just like... Trying to find his record and then yeah 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 just yarning with him, <laughs> um, and other people had clearly, you know, but the, I mean, this is a guy that literally was born on the mission. Yeah, yeah, was faced all that bullshit of of curfews and all the the brutal brutal discrimination, mm. um, and then you know, obviously, he developed the the mindset of a of a prisoner. And that whole fucking mindset, you know, it's very much part of him as well. And then other people that have and we've tried to take advantage of him. Well, we've come a little way. There's still a long way to go. Like, this stuff still happens. But you hear the – I read the story of him with, like, with the the swimming pool, you know. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. And that was a big part of um, the stranger in my own country, right? Yeah, yeah, absolutely. And it's it's something that, you know, I guess people – had tried, and I think Rusty was one of them in the past, or the UMI guys had tried to record a song with him. And it kind of went to shit, but it was nothing to do with those boys. It was because it was all, like, this was like major label days. Yeah. You know, like, mid-90s and, and, and you know, like, big money and big... And, and, and he was just, like, didn't want to be taken advantage of. Yeah. He was just, he was just very well, like, def- defensive. I, I imagine, and, and, like, PTSD would be very triggering. Yeah, like and, it's, and it's like, you know, it's like, oh, pe- you know, people have been like, how the fuck did you pull that off? And it's like, well, yeah. I, get, I don't know, maybe on the first black fella that is, you know, maybe it's because we yeah. just did it, um, you know, because everyone else is kind of, with all the right intentions, yeah, hasn't really been able to treat him like a person. Take the time to like have a chat. Yeah, pretty much. Right, and, and but just you know, there's just ways about going about things mm. with particularly elders. It's just a little bit, you know, the, there's processes and protocols that are just just need to be followed. Yeah, yeah, exactly. Um, well, that's why I was like, I felt like I stuffed up. I shouldn't have said recluse as the word. I was just trying to say about no, uh, where you well, just want to live a normal life, like where it's it's not weird that someone wouldn't want to perform anymore. That's what I meant. Like yeah, know. yeah, yeah. Well, I mean, you know, he says it all the time every every gig. Oh, this this will be my last one. <laughs> so I'm, I'm going to retire, but he never does. He loves <laughs> it. He just loves it. Yeah, you can tell when he does it. He's so good at it. Mm. <laughs> it's incredible how professional and just good he is at it. I feel like, um, like, um, I mean, it's great. What the conversation was great, having an audio, and um, it's the kind of thing like a f- proper doco would be awesome. I reckon. Like, yeah, yeah, absolutely. There was yeah. a guy contacted me recently, and he was like, "With all these streaming things, you know, like, give yeah, it, give yeah, it the exactly. Netflix, um, Jordan Last yeah. Dance sort of trailer. Yeah, yeah, awesome. I mean, there's been like I know ABC Seven Thirty did a thing. I think it was Seven Thirty or one of those. Yeah, and like really, ABC are pretty good with some. Oh, of those ABC things. has been really yeah. great. Um, you know, I guess it's right up there, Ali. Yeah. Um, so there's been short kind of half hour documentaries hmm. and things, but I feel like there needs. To, I, I'd love to see a movie. To be yeah. honest, 
Yeah, I exactly. Should, I think it's just boring. I want to see you like could, a you could be a young, pick. Would you be a, the young Vic Sims? Oh, that would be a bit weird. Yeah. But, you know, maybe if, you know, if he wanted me to. Well, what do you reckon? I could be Rusty Hopkinson. <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, yeah, yeah. Maybe yeah. you could. Oh, we'll have to think about G'day, it. G'day, I'm from UMI. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> and then when you say no, you're not playing drums. Are you? Uh, yeah, I can no. show my acting range. Well, we, I did let Rusty play drums on one song. <laughs> it was cool. We had this song. So I know, I know exactly what I mean. Just it's just funny to like let like. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. So, yeah, it's like uh, yeah. Yeah. No, All right, Rusty. Here's your chance. Pre- pretend to press record. No. Yeah. <laughs> oh, sorry, mate. The tape was buggered or like <laughs> no no <laughs> yeah, no no there was one where he he had the original 45 from from the young kid um days for of of a vic called i want to bop <laughs> and he's like we've got to do that song even though it's not on the line or we've got to do it like, well that could be the one you drum on does vic say ever said anything to you about the early days like oh it's a bit cringe or like the because it's Oh. Obviously, they're doing that kind of um, Buddy Holly, real. Yeah, like, yeah. No, not really. Yeah, not really. I think he. he it's just part of the time. Was. Time. It was really fond memories for him. Yeah, that yeah. that period when he was traveling and touring and performing with those older guys, with Peter Allen's and Coldroy and all them. They, he loved it. They really, really looked after him. He he thought it was wonderful. Yeah. Um, it was um, more as he sort of became an adult and started facing all the bullshit, you know. Mm. That well, you like, yeah, it'll just it'll just be rolling along at that age, and then yeah, the shit hit hits you when you're older, yeah. Yeah, yeah, and once you become wise to things, yeah. <laughs> yeah. Um, we just quick. Thanks for um getting into that, Luke. And um, as I've said a few times, like really, people should look into that. There's some other stuff that's better than a comedian's podcast out there on it but um and also one day like i said look for the the movie of it hopefully. yeah yeah no it's good I, and it's good to yarn about it too because i never really told it much from my side i sort of when we did all the media stuff i just let Vic, Uncle Vic yeah talk you know i was like this is, no, you this is a story so handled it really well and um well just um one last thing um, this is the section of my pod i'm trying to get going um the goxie's wikipedia Oh, yeah, yeah. <laughs> did you did you pick something um, for Wikipedia? I did because you sprung it on me. Like. Yeah, I know. I'm so sorry. <laughs> right. This whole thing, even though I said um, I have been trying to get Luke for a while, um, this whole thing was rushed. I woke up this morning and said I'm coming around. <laughs> yeah, no, no, that's cool. But um, thanks, Amy. But yeah, I didn't tell him until I arrived. Not not very professional, but um, did you find a Wikipedia page? Yeah, well, um, I just figured, I don't know when this is going to get aired, but, but it's currently um, <laughs> NAIDOC week, and we did... Pro- it'll, it'll probably be ready in time for next year's NAIDOC week, <laughs> <laughs> yeah, yeah, <laughs> so it'll be time really well. No. <laughs> um, and I've got a fella I actually just mentioned who sings on Stranger in My Country with all those big names is Uncle Roger Knox. Oh, okay, yeah. I got a, I got a text from his brother at the... At, at the um, elders lunch somewhere up in I think Kalanga or something yesterday, um, and I thought he'd be a good one because part of the that story. Um, so the first time me and Uncle Vic decided we would do this project, I said, "Well, if we're going to do it, you got to get up here. You got to meet my family. You know, we got to hang out." This is all. We're not just going to do this over the phone. 
Um, so he caught the train up, and it, and he caught the train up on a Saturday morning. And on the Friday night, I won two meat trays at the Barden Bowls Club. <laughs> and then we found out that Uncle Roger was in town. He was living in Warwick at the time. And then so I was like, all right, Barbie at my place. Mate, how's that for timing? <laughs> yeah. So Uncle Roger, Uncle Vic, we also got Uncle Bobby Weatherall, who, who was living nearby, come round with some of my aunties and the medics boys, and we had this Barbie um, and just sat under the house and listened to Uncle Roger and Uncle Vic tell their stories because they kind of travelled the world together playing in prisons and things like that. Yeah. Very close. Um, but Uncle Roger's got a pretty wild story, and we'll let the Wikipedia page tell yeah. it. <laughs> well, interesting, like, you know, one of the things I like about Wikipedia is it, it gathers it all succinctly, puts it together, but listening to you, you're like a... Life, you know, life version, <laughs> real life version of Wikipedia. I've forgotten how to talk like always. But, um, all right, so here we go. Roger Knox, um, we'll look through this together. Um, I'll just, uh, Roger Knox, like I said, it, it does um, put everything into very factual sort of. So we got uh, born 1948, Maureen, New South Wales. Um, Tumala, is that pronounced correctly? Tumala Aboriginal Mission. Yep. Um, feels like, you know, I've I've been to that area a few times and it's it's like a small place but so much sort of history and more yeah. in that isn't it and um there's a few guys in the in the comedy world who um talk love talking about like the soft drink the is it like a, a well known soft drink for the Maori area oh the 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 oh, the yes <laughs> I'm not trying to put you on the spot too, but um I'm too <laughs> scared to get it wrong yeah yeah but anyway look into that but um, all right so we got. Um, early life, he's like, and like, packed so much into the, these guys' life, you know, but, um, mm. yeah, fuck, Bog, yeah, I know Bogabilla, I've been through there, tiny town. They called him the Black Elvis. Yeah, I love that. And, and it, you just hear his voice and it's just like, oh yeah, he's, he makes these incredible, he had this song, he's got a song called Curry Rose, so it's really interesting, he obviously... Born in Moree, and and his Gamilaroi, Gumaroi, um, whatever, you, however you want to pronounce yeah. it, for those playing at home. And that's it's, um, it's south of the border, but he actually he actually says, "I'm a, no, I'm a Murray," <laughs> I'm, uh, you know. So Murray, Greg English style. Yeah, 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 yeah. Exactly. <laughs> Sorry to trivialise it. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Greg English style. Yeah, claims, like, claims Queensland. No, well, it was like I remember, like I said, different parts of my life, like changing attitude and that. But I remember, like being really angry about the Greg English not angry opposite like you know like anyway but then I'm like of course like the way you New South Wales people act you know that's why they Absolutely. want to come but anyway everything comes back to sport but uh, <laughs> it does um, what was I saying oh yeah so also Gamilaroi that's um, how the kid Leroy gets his name yeah. from that I believe yeah, yeah there's a lot of uh, it's a big mob and there's a lot of really incredible yeah. Leroy mob out there oh uh, you know, talking about um, Curry and what's the other one? <laughs> Murray. Yeah, we're Murray, aren't we? <laughs> yeah. So, uh, one thing I'm jealous of Curry is their big, uh, and everything comes back oh, to sport, like I said. Yeah, the knockout. <laughs> I want to go there one day. It's Let's go. I'll go with you. It's, 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 yeah. I'll, I'll definitely come with you. Can you, That's on my can you be like, he's all right, he's with me? <laughs> <laughs> no, no. I, I actually, um, so yeah, I, I don't have. Um, they have the Murray Carnival up here, which is yeah. great. It's, well, I was going to yeah. say, everything comes back to sport, and I don't have, I don't claim to have any Indigenous family, but 
Um, I played a few games with Fitzroy Stars, the team in Melbourne. Yeah, yeah. And I, I kind of joke about it where I'm like, I say it's it's like Eminem where it's like if, if you can do <laughs> – it's like so the black Americans take in Eminem. Well, yeah, yeah, yeah. Well, I don't yeah, know if take yeah, in's yeah. the right word. But, you yeah, know, yeah. Like, he's he's all right. He's good at rapping. Yeah, yeah. So I say a funny white fellow is as you know. They're like, <laughs> it's all right. He's funny. Like you know. <laughs> yeah. But yeah, because I actually got asked to come along. Yeah. Wow. To, to play, yeah. and I and I enjoyed it, and like, and I'm shit at footy. I'm like you know. Yeah. <laughs> I don't know if you know much about um, Australian football, but there's like way more running than rugby league. Oh, yeah. But That's anyway, um, I'm can easily sidetrack to me i'm not trying to hijack this no, no. but back to roger knock so yeah black elvis that's awesome um and we can look through this together if you want uh, <laughs> um left the mission at 17 moved to tamworth so like yeah trying to you know tamworth's got the big industry there right um yeah, yeah. started out as a gospel singer he acquired the nickname the Black Elvis for his hairstyle and manner of dress. That would have been awesome at the Star Maker. Oh, yeah. There's one photo in particular that pops up occasionally and you'll know it's such a great photo <laughs> of him and that in where he, what he's wearing and the hair and everything. Yeah. But his voice is, is he's, um, just as good. Because, like, Jimmy Little's kind of got the, the bigger profile, right? But yeah. Sounds like he's, like, sort of um, really important part of the, the history and... Yeah. yeah, oh, absolutely. I mean, Uncle Roger's got a huge profile in the community. Yeah. Um, but, yeah, Jimmy Little's got more of that mainstream, you know, he kind of crossed over a little bit. Mm. Um, so here, musical style. Describing his music, Knox says, My music is basically country with an influence of Aboriginal spirituality. I use all these instruments such as didgeridoos, but I still play country music. I may not sing about trains and sheep and cattle, but I still play country music. I love the little... Like, it's not a dig, but it's just a, like yeah. the cliches of Western. And, but that's why... um, Yeah, I've been trying to like... Um, country's a fun... Like, there's a lot of jokes made about country, obviously, cliches and stuff. And um, I feel like a lot of music, you relate to the your local version of it more. And I've always had this kind of like soft spot for like Lee Kernigan yeah, compared yeah. to like... You know, some of the American ones, like, my pickup truck. Yeah, and like, yeah, yeah. And we're, like, I love the, like, um, and I never look deeply into it, more than just the hits, you know, like, yeah. Boys from the Bush and yeah, that. Yeah, yeah. But I really want to get into more of the Australian stuff, so I'll definitely oh, yeah, look yeah. into Roger. Oh, man, yeah. I did five years at, at Blackfella Radio. It was all country. <laughs> yeah. And, and and every year we had a broadcast from the Gimpy Muster. Well, um, <laughs> Troy's great, right? Troy oh, Cassadaly yeah, yeah, yeah. and... Um, yeah. Yeah. Oh man, so many great black country singers. That's a, that's um, so yeah, amazing. we don't have too much to get into this, but definitely look into Roger Knox. But um, this is the like um, the, the this section here says plane crashes, right? So um, <laughs> he was in two plane crashes. That's crazy, and and survived it. Like, yeah, just shows true. how tough Aussies are. Right? Yeah, yeah. Well, <laughs> you know, like Buddy Holly and them. They nah, I shouldn't joke about. I I, I I did a I got on one of those. Um, Dash 8 planes with um, Uncle Roger coming from... Is this like the um, the small... small Yeah, yeah, the propeller ones, you know. Because I've I've only been in... um, I've been a few times in the small ones and you definitely, like, you feel everything, right? Like, any bit of wind, you sort of... The whole thing shakes. Yeah, the Rattler. I don't know if you've ever been on the, the big commercial one, the normal planes... And the people who clap when it lands. But <laughs> no, I'm, yeah, it's this crazy it. cult. There's people who clap. But yeah. what I'm trying to say is 
on those little ones, it's definitely worth clapping when they yeah, land yeah, wrong. Yeah, yeah. But, but um, so but, Rog has been in two. This is crazy. He's been in two plane crashes. Yeah. Um. Early in his career, Knox joined the roadshow. Brian Young. So was there? So is this a bit like the American Pilot? There's quite a few artists that were in it as well. Yeah, yeah. I think he was the only survivor. It says the musicians and equipment had to be airlifted from the crash site. The plane carrying Knox, drummer Ken, Rams- Ken Ramsey, and singer Stephen Bunn from the scene also crashed. Yeah, Ramsey so they crashed, got rescued, crashed again. The oh, so this was the crashed. same. Yeah. Oh, this is crazy. Yeah. Mate, we're talking about the Vic Sims film. This is probably uh, this will buy this will get the the green light before. <laughs> yeah, there was one. So that that day I had the Barbie at my place. He told us the full story and he was showing us all these like hectic burns and stuff. Mm. And, and um, one of the stories was he was saying so after the second plane crashed, he was the only survivor, but they thought he was dead and they took him out in a helicopter. Um, and then when they got to the hospital, they like wheeled him out. And the propellers were still going. And the and the ambos or the doctors or whoever was wheeling him out, the, the propellers um, knocked the, the sheet off him. They had a, oh, like they the breeze wa- of the propeller, yeah. They had the white sheet over him. Oh, shit. And the, the wind, the breeze of the propeller knocked the, like blew the sheet like off him a little bit and, and they looked at his face and he had a tear coming out of his eye. And one of the doctors, I don't know if it was an ambulance. They didn't think to test for like heartbeat or. Well, he was covered in burns. He was like unconscious. He was. Everyone else had died. And they just like looked at it. And and this doctor was just like, "Uh, are we sure this guy's dead? Yeah. And um, yeah, you know, long story short. I mean, it's a very serious thing. It wasn't. But I feel like this, this could be a good comedy skit of like. Where he like sits up, he's like, "Nah, I'm not dead, bro." Yeah, so, yeah, you yeah, know, yeah, like yeah. In, a, in a real like sort of strong accent, like, yeah, like. And then, yeah. did you ever watch um black black comedy? I think it is like the yeah, 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 yeah. Uh, like that, that like I shouldn't be writing this, but they'd probably yeah. handle it in a good way where someone cuts a Devon sandwich or yeah, something yeah. where he sits up <laughs> like, "Yeah, I'll have that, bro." Yeah, yeah, you know? yeah. Hey, yeah, yeah. <laughs> no, I'm not dead. You gammon, like. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> You got a bully beef. Yeah, yeah. yeah. <laughs> That's what, it, like, you know, I wouldn't feel right being involved, but I've, I've, um, been around a, a few people where, like, I like the humor and that, you know. Yeah, like, yeah. yeah. Oh, yeah, it's the greatest humor. Go. I went to like a kids' play yesterday <laughs> at the powerhouse. Fell out Benjamin Mazin and a couple of other guys. Um, put this like a lateral kids' play. So I mean, yeah, Shindu and a couple of kids went, and um. It's just like even that, the Blackfella comedy that comes through that, and it's just like, yeah, I don't know. Like, I, I, I don't know if, if like white people are kind of just sort of laughing because everyone else is or not. <laughs> I don't know, but there's yeah. just that that particular comedy that is just you just get into fucking stitches. Yeah, yeah, and and you, I often wonder is like, is, does this translate? Yeah. <laughs> Um, because this is so funny. Yeah. But it could easily come across as not. <laughs> no, no. <I> like <laughs> um, yeah, so ch- check, definitely check out Roger. Thanks for showing us that um, Wikipedia page. It's awesome. Yeah, he's got some great songs, great and, uh, old country songs. Great. Yeah. Um, and he's still playing around the place. He'll be busy this week. Yeah, I'm definitely going to check it out. Like I said, I've been trying to find out more stuff. Yeah. Um well, Luke, thank you so much for coming on, um, putting up with my 
bullshit. I'm, no, no. It was good. Thank you so it was much for having hard. batteries. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Saving the thing. But yeah, um, any anything, um, like I said, I'll try and get this out as quick as I can, but anything people should check out or you want to plug? Um, the only thing I can think of is one of my, Well, I mean, that hostel we were talking about, The Painted Ladies, is the band that re-recorded the Vic Sims stuff. Yeah. So the album's called Pla- The Painted Ladies Play Selections from the Loner. That's where you'll find that song with, with Ed Cooper and Paul Kelly and all that stuff. Um, that's the, the new version. Um, uh, my band, Minor Premiers, that we're the slackest band in the world. <laughs> um, we we put out a song by putting... Well, when I say putting out a song, we just fucking uploaded it onto Spotify. Yeah. Um, but I don't know. I feel like your your fans might like the minor premiers. Yeah. Maybe because of the sporting <laughs> or because of the music. Well, it, I, I... It's kind of an indie Every rock sports thing. team I'm involved in isn't very good, so... <laughs> <laughs> I think uh, uh, St Kilda. Oh, the Broncos are going well this year. Yeah, 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 yeah. So. yeah, yeah. Well, well <laughs> we, we didn't even touch on the Dolphins. <laughs> are you? Are you on? T- are you yeah. fins up, boy? Yeah. yeah oh, yeah, because you're north side. Yeah. Well, my my whole family played for the Dolphins and the juniors. My my uncle Brian Peacock was a huge prospect for the Dolphins until yeah. until he got a stud in the eye and yeah. lost his eye. Oh shit! Um, That's no good. Yeah. yeah. Anyway, we've, uh, yeah. we'll save that for the but, um, next time. Yeah, well, thanks so much, Luke. Um, yeah, I'll, when we put this out, I'll put all the put the stuff up that people can check out. Um, but yeah, thanks a lot for coming on and having a yarn with me on Have a Yarn With Me, <laughs> oh, <it was> a <laughs> as pleasure. the title says. Yeah. <laughs> is, is that because of the barn meat? Is that yarn meat, barn meat? <laughs> P- pretty much, yeah. yeah, yeah. Okay. yeah. I, it, it came barn me for like... <laughs> <laughs> no, it was a real pleasure, man. Thanks for coming around. Thanks, mate. Coxie's having a yarn Cause he's got nothing better to do Coxie's having a yarn And one day he might have one with you